Okay, so we're talking about spiritual warfare. Woo! Yay! So um, my title is Health, I'm in a Battle. Okay, I feel like that's very applicable. Um, and I did the flowers to soften the blow a little bit, so it's not as... <laughs> okay, so um, we're going to go ahead and jump right in. So thank you guys for coming. I'm a little nervous, but I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be great. So... Um, we are not here to glorify the demonic and Satan, okay? So we're just going to go ahead and get that out of there. We're not here to assume that every inconvenience in our life or bad thing that happens is the demonic or the devil or spiritual warfare because we live in a fallen world, right? So sometimes bad things just happen. Um, we're not here to assume that there are demons around every dark corner, creepy alleyway, right? We can all think of those things. Um, and then we're also not here to be allured by things of the demonic, right? Yeah. We're here to talk about Jesus Amen. and glorify him. Yeah, we're not here to glorify the devil. And we're not here to wrongfully be pulled towards things that are not glorifying to yeah, God. Right. Yeah. And then the last one is we are not here to diagnose our friends and family yeah. or strangers as possessed, okay? Yes. So, so just like your psych teachers tell you not to diagnose your friends of different psychi psychic, thi or psychic things, um, different mental illnesses and stuff like that, we are not not doing that with the demonic Come on. so um really the reality of it is the devil's not a joke but god's so much greater right and so that's what we're here to do so i'm gonna go ahead and pray us in and then we'll get rolling um lord jesus thank you so much for our time together god i just pray that you open our hearts and open our minds jesus i pray if we walked in with anything or any wrong views of spiritual warfare god i pray that you set our eyes on you lord i pray that we walk away just more equipped to fight the battle jesus knowing that you have already won god that we do not fight for victory but we fight from victory jesus your victory um and lord i just pray that whatever you want to say lord that you help me say it and articulate it well in your precious holy name amen amen okay so what are we here to do? Sorry about the animations. I didn't know it did that. <laughs> so we're here to glorify God and understand that he can use spiritual warfare in our lives, okay? Um, we're here to be more sensitive to Holy Spirit and the spiritual realm. We're here to no longer be ignorant of the battle going on around us, okay? Because I feel like too many of us, we just live like we don't know what's going on, okay? We're here to know what's going on. <laughs> and we're here to hit back strategically, right? Like, I want you guys to be equipped. I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you to be worried. I don't want you to be confused, right? And then we're also here to stop enduring our walk with God and to start enjoying it, right? Yeah. Truly, spiritual warfare is just an opportunity to get closer to Jesus, okay? Like, so much, just such an opportunity. Um, so, <laughs> so C.S. Lewis says, enemy occupied territory, that is what the world is. Christianity is a story of how the rightful king has landed, you might say, landed in disguise, and is calling us to take part in the great campaign of sabotage, okay? I think that's a great summary of spiritual warfare. Yes. <laughs> All right. And then a lot of you know um, Ephesians 6.12, if you don't, um, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against uh, rulers, against authorities, and against powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So we're not battling against people in our small group, people that are our friends, people you know, in the streets or on campus. Yeah. It really is. There's so much more at play than just what we see. Okay? So much more at play. Um... And then, so the spiritual battle. So I thought just to kind of help us break it down. Um, so there's kind of three ways that I saw it. Obviously, this is not conclusive. This is not the whole thing. But so the first bit is God and Lucifer, right? So if you didn't know, Lucifer, a.k.a. the devil, Satan, he was an angel in heaven with God. Mm -hmm. And he led a rebellion against God because he wanted to be God, right? Mm -hmm. And so with that, a third of heaven um, and God, like God's angels, but... So, I don't know why I did that. God's angels fell. <laughs> um, and here we are, right? Yeah. And so you can look at that more in Luke um, 10, 18 through 20, Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, and then Revelations 12, 3 through 4. Yeah. And those all just describe a little bit more of, like, this battle going on, right? And in Luke, I, that's the one where Jesus says, like, I saw Satan fall from, like, lightning from heaven. Yeah. And then the next bit is man and sin. So God gave man dominion over the earth. Like, did you know that? God didn't say, Satan, you have the earth. He said, man has the earth. He gave Adam domain over it. He gave Adam the ability to name the plants and name the animals and all the yeah. things. So he gives us, therefore, the right over the earth and not the devil. Um, but obviously, sin entered the world. Mm -hmm. We fell, and so that's kind of tainted some things. 
Um, and you can see that in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. So that's where God gives dominion. Not all translations say the word dominion, but if you look back, it is dominion. Like God gave us dominion. And then three, one through four in Genesis is the fall, which I think we all are fairly uh, familiar with. Yeah. And then the last bit I, uh, when I was like picturing this in my head is God's victory, right? God has already defeated the devil in the end. We know this in Revelation 2010, John 16, 33, but like literally there's so many verses in the Bible, right? About how God has won the war. Yeah. So really the point of why we're here is how do we reconcile between man and sin and God's victory, right? Yeah. Like we live in a fallen world. I know I have dominion over the, war, over the earth, but why are these things happening if God's already won? Yeah. So that's what we're here to try to figure out and talk yeah. through together. Um, so what is spiritual warfare? Ooh. It is the act of fighting against Satan when he tries to keep us from God's calling. Mm. It is leveraging of everything God promises and opposes against. I'm going to give you a plot twist. You will all face spiritual warfare if you have not already, okay? Mm. It is already going on. It's not only for some believers or some people that are more holy or righteous. It is for all believers. Mm. But we don't have to be scared, right? Yeah. We don't have to be scared. Um, and we can really, like, see the Lord in it. And we can really let the Lord bring us closer to him. Um, so, yes, um... And then, so God's purpose and promises. Obviously, this is not the entire purposes and promises he has, right? Yeah. But here's just like a rough view of it. So his purposes, he wants to redeem the world, right? Yeah. He wants to portray and release the kingdom of God on earth and set captives free. He wants to grow his children in maturity. Yeah. And he wants to save us and glorify his name. Yeah. So those are like really rough purposes of God. Yeah. His promises are that he's going to judge wickedness, mm. that we'd walk in victory, his unfailing presence will be with us through the entire process. And then obviously like any promise the Bible says ever, right? That's what he talks about over our life, right? All of his promises for us, right? Yeah. Um, and again, this is not conclusive. It's just like a rough view of, um, you can definitely look at your Bible more for like, if you want more detail. Um, so then what is the devil or the Satan, right? Just like quickly. Um, so Hebrew uh, says, calls him the Satan, which is the adversary, the accuser the one who resists or opposes, and in Greek, uh, it's Diablos, and it's just the slanderer, right? So kind of like that New Testament, Old Testament kind of way. He was, a, or he is a created being, but he's not equal to God, so you can see that in Ezekiel twenty-eight fifteen. I think sometimes we want to view them as equal, but he is not equal to God. God is supreme, right? Um, he does not rule heaven, or sorry, he does not rule, he doesn't rule heaven either. Um, he doesn't. <laughs> doesn't rule heaven either but he also does not rule hell and he does not live in hell right hell was created as punishment for him and the demons right him and all the angels that fell in a rebellion against god and you can see that in matthew 25 41 job 1 uh, 6 through 7 first peter 5 8 and revelation 12 really sums that all up yeah and this is the big one. The devil can only do what God allows him to do, right? We see yes. that in the story of Job, right? And yes. have 112 on there. Like, literally, the yes. devil cannot just, like, go out and do whatever he wants. It's by God's authority he has to submit. Yeah. But that's not to be scary, right? That just means that the Lord is probably just trying to refine some things in your life, right? I know he is in mine. <laughs> and so I'm kind of grateful that the Lord, like, tests how faithful I am to him yeah. and how much I trust him and all this yeah. stuff. Um, and then the last one is um, another big one, I think. I think it's a, a mis uh, yeah, misunderstanding we have as Christians. He is not omnipresent, right? That means he is not everywhere all the time, all at once. Ooh, come on. The only one who's omnipresent is God, right? Yeah. God is everywhere all the time. Satan is not. He's like you and I. He can only be at one place at one time. That's it. Come on. But he does have his, dev his devils, his demons that he can send out. Yeah. But still, like... Um, the why I, I like the uh, verse where it talks about a third of heaven fell. That means two thirds of heaven is still in heaven. Yes. So God already outnumbers the devil, right? Um, just from like a practical, right? Like if you want to look at numbers, um, and then you can see that in Ephesians six twelve, John ten ten, and then First Peter five eight. That's really good. So the spiritual dimension. I'm gonna kind of break it down for us. I feel like it's a little mystical, <laughs> um, but we're gonna make it real practical, okay? So it's mostly the it's the mostly unseen spiritual reality behind everything we experience, good or bad. So that kind of was like, okay, Stacia, I don't know what you're trying to say here. Basically, 
there is like, just like we have a physical reality, there is a spiritual equivalent happening, right? And sometimes it's more, we see it more obviously than other times, but I hope you want to walk away and ask the Lord to help you be more sensitive to that, right? So good examples of that include baptism, right? Like we talk about how it's an outward expression of an inward change. The inward change is a spiritual dimension, right? All the spiritual things going on in that person who's getting baptized. And then the physical is obviously like the dunking in the water, right? It's the same thing with like a wedding. It's a very big, again, spiritually, like the husband and wife are coming together to be one flesh. That's a spiritual reality. You know, all the things going on there, they're making covenant before God. They're making covenant with one another. And then the physical is obviously the celebration. We all get to enjoy together. (laughs) So um, that's just all it is, right? But just like there's a good equivalent, there's also bad equivalents, right? And so that's what we're trying to um, fight against for our people and in ourselves, is we do not want to be making covenant with the devil or demons, and we do not want to be breaking covenant with God, right? Because every time we make covenant with something that's not God, we're breaking our covenant with the Lord, right? So that's why it's important. We need to be aware of these things, and we need to be cognizant, and we need to ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. So um, that goes to my next point, which is we can, uh, I'm sorry, what we consume in our thoughts and through our eyes really affect our spirit, our perception of the spiritual realm. Okay, I'm going to say that again because I said it really rough. (laughs) (laughs) What we consume in our thoughts and through our eyes affect our perception of the spiritual realm. Okay? I'm just going to be real. Like, what you watch on TV, social media, who you're listening to, what you're consuming, it all affects how you perceive the Holy Spirit and the spiritual realm. It just does. Like, that's just plain and simple. You can't get away from it. So we have to be careful as believers with what we're consuming, when we're consuming, how often we're consuming it, and if those things are godly, holy things. Am I saying that every TV show and movie and whatever is of the devil? No, I am not. But I'm just saying, you need to be careful, right? You need to talk to the Lord about what he thinks you ought to have and not have. You need to talk to your friends, your small group leader, your company, whatever that looks like, and help have them help you discern those things, right? Because yeah. it will affect. Uh, Sean Smith likes to talk about like what you view with your physical eyes affects your spiritual eyes. Yeah. And I just love that. He's so right. Um, so we have to be careful. And I don't know about you, but I want to be more sensitive to the spiritual realm, right? Yes. I want to be more sensitive to what God's doing. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Um, and then this is kind of practical, but again, you know, you could go different ways with this. But these are lo- levels that um, I liked broken up about how the enemy operates on. Yeah. So he operates the emotions within us, right? We all have emotions, some of us more than others. Most of us are girls in this room, so we got a lot of feelings, right? Those aren't bad, though, right? Amen. They're not bad. It's not bad to have feelings. God gave us those for a reason. What is bad is when you let those feelings dictate your reality, when you let those feelings dictate God, and when you just let those feelings control things, right? And the devil is going to use some of those feelings. Again, not every feeling you have is bad is of the devil, right? That's just your flesh, you know? Or there's some things that I know. I'm like, I'm just selfish. Like, that's Stacia. But it's true. It's true. (laughs) But there are some things where it really is the devil or he's influencing those things. And another thing, too, is like sometimes the devil, he just needs that one whisper and we're going to spiral. And we just do the rest of the work all ourselves. But he just did that one thing. So we really got to be careful, right? Because our feelings do not dictate reality. Um, the next bit is the world around us. So, um, I, there's obviously a pressure to conform to things of this world. Um, I don't know if it's here or not, but there's a verse in, um, I think Titus or something or second Timothy or something, but it just talks about like how dark to to pray the world is. And they became lovers of themselves and just names like all these sins, right? Like, I don't have to tell you how lost and broken our world is, but what I do have to tell you is it's more, it's even more important that we be the salt and the light, right? That we stand up against it. Yesterday we had Sir James with us and he was telling us like, yeah, so good, right? (laughs) He was like, you know, if you look at it, you're like, what, on a campus of, um, if you just want to break it down, like there's 200, 300 students, right, around you, and you're the one believer, it's so easy to let those 200 voices really dictate how you walk with God, what you think, and what you do. So it's more important that we need to be like 10 times for the Lord, 10 times in our Bible, 10 times in prayer, 10 times standing up for Jesus, because we can't let them dictate how we see God, right? And we can't let how the world is really dictate that. So a piece of that is like really knowing and walking in the full gospel, right? Like knowing that we're saved, knowing what Jesus did on the cross, that he's still alive today, right? Like that changes everything. It really does. Um, 
the next level is the flesh upon us, right? I kind of alluded to this. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Sometimes when bad things happen or when you have those bad thoughts, it's not the devil. It's just you, girl, okay? <laughs> or dude. Like, it's just you, okay? Like, it's just you. It's just you, right? Like, I'm going to be real. Not every bad thought is the devil, okay? Like, it's, it's true. Like, it's, and I think, like, sometimes it's hard to, like, because then I'm like, man, I really am selfish. I really am a sinner. I really need Jesus, you know? But we have to understand that, like, we're giving the devil too much credit. You know, like, we really are. <laughs> so with that, we must discipline our flesh, okay? And that can be so many different things. We'll break down some practicals with that. Fasting is a great way to discipline your flesh, okay? It really is. Okay, but we have to we have to be aware. Okay, what is Stacia? What is God? And what is the devil? Okay, well, I mean, not Stacia for you, but like myself, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause, <laughs> sorry, I was like, just so that's not taken the wrong way. I'm not speaking to any of you. <laughs> like, okay. Then the next one, this one, um, I think I see. I feel like it's a problem. Like as we mature as believers, is the memories within us. Some of us really want to get caught up in our old creation. Our old self, you know, that's on grave clothes. We want to put those grave clothes back on. And that's not what God is calling you to do, okay? Like, he is not calling that. <laughs> Your old nature has passed away, and you got to let it stay crucified in that grave. Like, for real. Like, you got to stop picking up that old sin. you got to stop yeah, saying, you know, like, I just, uh, like, embrace your trauma, like, my trauma, yeah. my whatever. I don't know. Like, whatever example it is for you. That was just, like, a quick one off the top of my head. Like, we got to stop walking in that. Like, God has redeemed and restored you. Like, why do you want to go back to that old girl, you know? And, or guy. <laughs> um, so... With that, I know I keep saying girl. I know I'm so sorry, Craig and, and Tyler. Um, so we must take our thoughts captive, okay? And we really must not let the devil get caught up in like, well, you used to do this. Remember when you would go out to the clubs on Thursday nights or like whatever it looked like for you, right? Like we got to be like, no, that's dead. I am not that person anymore. Um, and then the last one, um, and again, like some of these can kind of, in together, right? You understand that. Um, the fear before us, right? We are all scared of something. Some of us are scared of more things than others. And some of that fear, it's healthy, right? It's healthy to kind of be, you know, it's healthy to be scared to touch a fire. You know it's going to burn you. That makes sense. But it is not healthy to be afraid of things of the Lord or what God's asking you to do in the sense of disobedience, right? Yeah. We want to fear the Lord because he's holy, he's reverent, and he is God. But we don't want to fear if he's asking us to step out in things, you know? And if you're feeling fear, that's okay. You know, like, we're gonna we're working through that. Like, I mean, that's why we were evangelizing yesterday, right? Like, we were conquering some of us more fear than others, right? Like, we were like, no, like, this is for Jesus. <laughs> this is for Jesus. Um, so we really can't let fear rule our lives. Okay, whatever it is you're scared about, you know, we can't let that rule our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, truthfully, like, why do you think all your leaders are, like, obsessively vulnerable with you? Because they want you to be vulnerable with them. Mm-hmm. They want you to realize, hey, like, I'm a broken person too, and I have struggled through the same things, or I'm currently struggling through some things, and I want you to walk with the Lord. Yeah. Okay? Like... Trust me, if I had it my way, my old creation, I would not be this vulnerable, okay? Like, it is just not my default. I do not like to be vulnerable. But the Lord's helped me, right? He's helped me grow in that. So, um, the next thing. So, how do I know I'm in a battle? This is a little practical. We're not going to get too in-depth with it, but this is a good kind of overview. Um, so, number one, we have um, discernment slash the Holy Spirit. Um, okay, here we go. So, uh, for all my answers, it's going to be the Holy Spirit, right? He, number one, he's going to help you, right? He's going to help you. I'm not trying to over-spiritualize it, but it really is. If you embrace the Holy Spirit, all of this will be so much easier, okay? If you really walk with God, all of it will be so much easier. I promise you. Um, so, that's why he's going to be number one. <laughs> I'm not trying to be redundant, but it's literally because it's just, it's just Jesus. It's just the Holy Spirit. It's just God. Like, that's it. Um, so with discernment, so discernment, um, 
is roughly defined. There's a couple different definitions, but basically it's the ability to think biblically and discern what is good and evil, right? Because mm-hmm. God is the one who decides this is good and this is evil, right? Yeah. This is good and not good, right? He did that in the garden. Mm-hmm. So discernment is us walking with the Lord and helping to figure out, okay, Lord, what are the things that are good and what are the things that are not good, mm-hmm. which are evil, right? Um, it also, discerning also plays a role into discerning between the spiritual realm, right? Being able to see spiritual beings like angels, angels and demons, right? Mm-hmm. That is a piece of discernment. And again, it's like um, anything else, like just the Holy Spirit, he will guide you. He will help you. And he's the one who reveals all these things, right? I do not by my own station might do things. It, it literally is the Holy Spirit, yeah. You know, and when it's me, then I'm like, God, like, please forgive me. <laughs> like, I don't want to walk in my own strength. And I'm trying not to. Um, so um, the Holy Spirit speaks to us if we're willing to listen to him. And through his guidance and education, we will see the spiritual battle, okay? Like, he wants to show it to us. He wants to tell us it, right? Yeah. Obviously, he's not going to show you everything going on, right? Because we would not be able to handle it, mm-hmm. okay? Like, we just wouldn't. But he's going to show you pieces of it, and he's going to help you see. And it's an opportunity to come alongside him in prayer and discern, right? Now, I will give you this disclaimer. Discernment is also one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. So there are some people that are going to be more gifted with it in the sense of that is a gift that God's given them. But that does not mean we all cannot walk in discernment, right? So a a good example I like to think with that is it's like healing, right? Just because I don't have the gift of healing doesn't mean I cannot pray for healing for people, right? Like I can still pray for healing. Now, you would expect the person with the gift of healing to probably pray for it more often and see it more often in their life, right? Because they're more sensitive to it. So it's just the same thing with discernment. You would expect somebody with discernment to be more sensitive to things that need to be discerned, right? That's really good. But that doesn't mean you can't walk in it, right? Everybody gets to walk in the gifts, and everybody, if you just seek after the Holy Spirit, like, he will guide and tell you about it. So the next one is timing. Um, And again, most of these fall under like discernment and then it'll help you discern these things, (laughs) which is why we went through it first, right? It'll help you identify some of these things. So timing, what do I mean by that? I mean, like, let's be real. Like when you give your life to Jesus, you're probably going to face some spiritual warfare, right? Like it's not a coincidence that you're tempted to do your old sin. You're tempted to not talk to the crazy people in Chi Alpha. Like, you know, you're tempted to walk away or whatever, right? Like it's not a coincidence. So we expect following a spiritual high like salvation, baptism, a great salt moment, a big altar moment where you laid some sin down or some things down at the cross. We expect there to be probably a little bit of upheaval, right? Mm -hmm. Just being real. Also, like if God is trying to do something like a mission trip, you're going to, you can expect a little bit of upheaval trying to get there, right? Because the devil doesn't want you over there hearing from God, seeing what's going on, right? Um, it just makes sense. And on the flip side of uh, timing, we can also expect to probably face a little bit more spiritual warfare when we're really tired, when we're burnt out, when we're exhausted, when we're weary, when we're not reading our Bible, when we're not praying to the Lord. Right? It makes sense. You're not filling your things up with godly things. And even if you are, I mean, let's be, we're fallible, right? Like, I'm a human body. I get tired. I get weary. Yeah. I just want to go to bed sometimes. And the devil's just going to wait for me to run myself out before he starts telling me these lies, right? Or, like, trying to tempt me or whatever it is, right? He's going to be like, let me let Stacia get it all out. And then I'll come in. Okay? Um, so the next bit is... Um, This one is a bit more of a practical, but the atmosphere, right? Like in discerning and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, like you're going to feel an atmosphere shift. For all of us, it's different. I can kind of generally speak on like what I discern and then like what most people discern. But usually it's like if there's a shift in the atmosphere, right? Like we all know, and I hope you know what it should feel like to have a God in the room, right? What the presence of the Holy Spirit feels like. So when there's that shift or you can feel something that's like not quite the Holy Spirit, that's what I'm talking about, right? Um, And that can even look honestly more of like an oppressive, an oppression. I usually feel like a lot of oppression, like things feel really, really heavy, but not in like a good way. Mm. It feels kind of dark. I just always think of like this cloud is in the room and it's just all dark. Um, And then sometimes it feels suffocating, just like you just like, oh, like I feel like I can't breathe. Um, But like not that something's choking you, right? But it's just suffocating. 
So those are usually all indicators that something of God is probably not in the room and you probably need to pray about it and like ask God for understanding, right? Um, and then the next thing, so I have is pattern of reoccurring events, right? So again, not everything bad that happens, not every, you know, every time your car breaks down, is it the devil, okay? (laughs) And sometimes you just have bad days, okay? So not every day where it's just like one thing after another is spiritual warfare, okay? We live in a fallen world. Sometimes it's just because we live in a fallen world, okay? And like things happen, right? But I'm talking about that unusual and possibly tied with some of these other things going on, right? And so like... Um, the biggest example I can think of off the top of my head was my trip to the check. So before we were leaving, um, we had a lot going on. Well, number one, we were at like 25% of our budget in April. So the Lord radically raised 75% of our budget in the entire month of May, which is like, thank you, Jesus. But also we were not good stewards at the time. And I know I wasn't a good steward at the time God had given me prior. Mm-hmm. So be a good steward. <laughs> Raise your budgets, yeah. right? Yeah. Raise your budgets. You're going to save your team leader a lot of spiritual warfare, okay? But, okay, so... <laughs> Okay, we're following this example, right? So we're raising all of this money, right? Thank you, Jesus. Like, yes. we had some crazy testimonies. I would tell you those, that's, but we're not, that's not what we're here for, right? Yeah. Amazing testimonies of God coming in at the last minute. But then it's like, I'm trying to move, and my house falls through. And I'm like, you know, maybe it's sucky timing. We live in a fallen world. Maybe God didn't want me to live there, which is fair. He probably didn't want me to live there anyways. I'm grateful where I live now. But, you know, I'm trying to leave the country in a week, and I don't want to be thinking about where I'm living when I get back because I have to move when I get back. Um, So that fell through. And then my AC went out, and it had never gone out in that house, okay, where I lived. And I was like, okay. Again, I was like, maybe I just need to learn to die to myself more. I don't know, right? Well, the next thing is... um, we had these materials for the class that the missionaries there asked us to bring and I had them sent to my house and I called the lady and I was like hey are they gonna get here on time paid this extra shipping is it gonna happen and she's like yeah 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 I got the right address paid it all the things right it's all lined up and I don't know what I was doing that day but I was really busy so I didn't check the package had arrived until like three or four o'clock and I saw that around like what, like one or noon, they had tried to deliver it, but my address was wrong. And I know that I know that I know that I put the right address. I double, triple checked. I called the lady and I was like, how does this happen? So I am frantically on the phone with UPS trying to get it delivered to one of their warehouses in Conroe and to get it before they close at seven. We leave at 4 a.m. for the airport and I am crying and sobbing and practically driving on the phone trying to get this package. Cause I'm like, I don't know what we're gonna do if we don't have it. And like low key, I mean like, you know, we would have made it through, but like we were, it was an obligation we were supposed to bring. So I'm calling, it works out. And I'm just like, Lord, like really? Okay, so we get it. So that's what I talk about, pattern of recurring negative events, okay? And then, you know, when we got there, we also faced some stuff too. But that's the point of it. When it's just like this beyond, like it does not make sense that that package was not going to make it to my house, right? Mm-hmm. Like I did everything I could. It wasn't just a simple mistake, right? Um, then the next one is a beyond natural temptation to sin. Again, we all know what, tem- I feel like for the most part, we should all know what temptation feels like, right? Yeah. And you know when it's your flesh, or at least you should for the most part, and you know when it's you just being a selfish, and when your flesh just wants what it wants, yeah. right? But this is like the out of nowhere, I like can almost barely say no kind of temptation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the... Um, I think for most of us who are more mature, it's like the sin that has been dead for so long yeah. and then just comes back out of nowhere. And yeah. you're like, like, I died to this. Like, yeah. what is, what's happening here, right? So that's, that's um, part of how you know you're in battle, right? And then this one I put here, um, debilitating fear, doubt, and anxiety. Again, there's a level of healthy fear. There's a level of healthy, you know, I'm a little nervous. Like, yeah. there's a level of what's healthy, right? But then there's a completely different level where it is not healthy, right? Where it is paralyzing you, where you cannot do these things. That is a good indicator it might be, right? Something that is beyond. Yeah. Um, and so, like, one for me, I'm just going to out myself. 
I had for a while that I'm still working on a debilitating fear with support raising. Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna call myself out on that one. And so it was really, really hard for me to support raise, to make my calls, to do what I needed to do. Um, and some of it was Stacia, right? 100% the flesh, totally me, <laughs> right? But then there was an element of it where it's like, okay, Lord, like I'm letting the devil feed off of my fear and I'm letting it become something bigger than it ought to, right? And I'm not dealing with it the way I should by giving it to the Lord. That's good. And then the last one, pretty practical, nightmare slash sleep paralysis. I'm be real. I'm going to tell you all nightmares and sleep paralysis are from the devil. I know there's a little bit of a medical condition with sleep paralysis, but I'm just going to be real. Like, yeah. just like God gives us good dreams yeah. and God speaks to us in our dreams, the devil can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, am I saying that all dreams that are weird or funky are the devil? No. I think we all know what a nightmare feels like. Yeah. And it's usually something sin related. It's usually something demonic. Um you know, like horror movie-esque, things like that. I actually had one last night and it was really sad and it was very wicked. Okay. It was like very wicked things were going on. And I was like, I know this is not Mm -hmm. Jesus. Right. So that's a good, um, indicator. Right. Um, so what do we do with all that? You have these things going on and you're like, okay, Stacia, you're telling me Jesus, but like, it's not working, but it should be working. Right. Yeah. So, like, what, so, like, you feel like it's not working, right? It it should be working, right? It's Jesus. He always works. But you know what I mean when I say that. I think there's an element where sometimes we're like, hey, it's not working. So, Holy Spirit, right? He is the answer. Holy Spirit, okay? Even when you feel like it's not working, it's probably because you're not doing it right, okay? I'm just going to say it. Jesus works every single time, right? He makes the darkness feel, or flee, (laughs) feel too, flee, okay? (laughs) Like, if that is all true about God, which it is, then he should work. So that means there's something on my end that I'm not doing, that I'm not trusting, that I'm not having faith in, whatever it is, right, that is stopping him from working. So um, I put James 4, 7 on there, right? That's the one that's resist the devil and he shall flee. I have a friend, she says that all the time, and she's right. He will flee, right? But it's if you read before it, it talks about with God resist the devil. It's not in my own strength. I promise you, you will fail, and I have failed. And I know what it feels like to think I can fight a sin or I can fight temptation or I can fight the devil on my own. And let me tell you, it's sucky and it does not work. I lose every time. But when you fight with Jesus, it works. So we have to be filled with his Holy Spirit. We have to submit to his guidance, right? And this is my shameless plug for your baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're not filled, get filled. Amen. <laughs> I just promise you, it's just more of the same God, and it's just so great, okay? Like, it's so great. Yes, some of it you can do with just Jesus, but the baptism, it's like times 10, you know? Like, it's so much better, right? So that's my shameless plug right there. <laughs> um, so the next thing, overcoming spiritual warfare. Prayer! Oh my gosh, prayer works! So what does prayer look like? Okay, confession. It is important. You confess. Okay, like if it's sin, if it's doubt, if it's fear, um, whatever it is, you got to tell your brothers and sisters around you, right? Like we care. We want to know. And you're not meant to carry it on your own. Okay, like you're really not. And then obviously if there's things you need to repent in, like, yes, let's repent of it, right? Confession also includes like our bad attitudes, okay? Um, Like... Our own selfishness, our own pride, Ooh, yeah. pride, right? Those are things we got to talk about and we got to repent of, right? And I'm not just talking about the pride where you think you're the big cheese, right? Like, not that kind of pride. Like, that is a bit of pride, right? Like, where you think you're the head honcho, you know everything about everything, right? I'm also talking about the pride where you think so lowly of yourself mm-hmm. that you cannot do anything or you are the worst person on the face of the earth. That's also pride, right? And so, what do we say? Humility, right? Sober sense of reality, right? It's not thinking less of myself, but thinking of myself less, right? Another big piece is gratitude. We always talk about how the first step away from God is ingratitude. But the first step towards him is gratitude. So being grateful, even when it's scary or it just feels like it's one thing after the other or you're confused, like being grateful, finding ways to be grateful to the Lord, you know? And I know, like, I'm really working on that. I think if you need help with gratitude, talk to Jason Bell, like that man. <laughs> I've never met a more grateful grateful person in my life, right? Yeah. Like he really walks in gratitude and he really understands it. Yeah. Um, on a practical level, like we can denounce and rebuke things. Yeah. Like what? 
I know that was big for me. Um, I thought, okay, I definitely forgot to share my testimony, so that's awkward. Um, but <laughs> I realize now that I didn't share. <laughs> but um, basically, like, for most of you, if you know me, I didn't grow up in the church at all. Very pagan, very lost family, very secular, okay? Like, just, they did the best they could. They loved me. They were wonderful people, but we did not know Jesus. We had no background of Jesus, and there was no anything about religion, they wanted us to pick. And so I was born in Denver, moved here uh, to San Antonio when I was in the eighth grade, and my parents separated. So that was rough. So I just had a lot of like, I was lost, I was confused, I didn't like people, I was really bitter and unforgiven towards my dad. Um, and I just, you know, my whole dream was just go to college, do my own thing. Like that's just all I wanted to do was just get away and do my own thing. And um, obviously God had other plans. Yeah. Um, I met Jesus, welcome week. My small group leader moved me into my dorm. So really like five seconds on Sam, I meet my, my small group leader, yeah. right? And she shares the love of Jesus with me like I'd never seen before. Yeah. And um, I spent all welcome week with her, quickly figured out she was a Christian. So I was just waiting for that shoe to drop. You know, I was like, all right, she's gonna invite me to service. I'm gonna say no, <laughs> but I really liked her. She was a really good friend. And so when the time came for her to invite me to service, like as she should, right? Um, I was like, okay, fine. I really like her. I'll go. But I knew I was going to go and never talk to her ever again. That was my plan. Jesus had other plans. I radically gave my life to the Lord my first Chi Alpha service. Yeah, it was, it was real spicy. And that was the first time in my life, like, I had ever. <laughs> okay, it was, though. It was. Like, I remember what it felt like to feel the presence of the Lord for the first time and to be with people that actually talked about Jesus like he was real and he was in the room and that he loved me and all these things. Like, I had never felt that before. And the Christians I knew before, they were like nothing measured up to this community I had found in Chi Alpha. So I gave my life to Jesus. Um, around breakaway time, we had Donnie Moore come, and he spoke about the Father Heart of God. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so good, right? And that was the first time I really forgave my dad. And I'm just, like, sobbing, crying. And Ashley, like, knows me for five seconds, right? And she's like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? She, I don't even think she knew my parents were divorced. Like, just all these things. And I'm just telling her and telling her. And I was like, I think I just forgave my dad. Because I didn't know what forgiveness was, you know? Like, I didn't. I had no concept of it. You know, like what I thought was obviously not true. So I spent that whole year learning about God from Ashley, right? And like she shared the Bible with me. She spent so many small groups and services talking to me and loving me and just making Jesus real for me, right? And I pushed him away because <laughs> I am stubborn. I'm working on it and I've gotten better, but I am stubborn and I pushed the Lord away for a really stupid reason. It was over a boy and not even a boy I dated, which like makes it 10 times worse. <laughs> like <laughs> it was just a boy I had a crush on. Like it was so dumb. And I was just like, you know what? Jesus, no. <laughs> and so I spent like three months just in deep agony and sorrow and just like terribleness, like just this darkness and, um, all self-inflicted, by the way, all self-inflicted. <laughs> and the Lord came and met me and he was breaking it down. Like it was to the point where I was like crying every time I drove to work. Cause I like, wasn't crying anywhere else. It was only while I was driving to work that I would like cry. And I was like, okay, something's clearly wrong. And I wasn't telling Ashley any of this, right? Like no idea. So we have Sean Smith come oh, and speak to us and he'll be here in a couple weeks. Woo! That's right. Woo! He'll be here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he comes every year, but he came and spoke and, you know, he did his thing where he does like the three day thing. So it was the last day. And I'm like, you know what? Like, Lord, I'm ready to let you back in. Like, I'm so done doing this on my own, being sad, crying in my car, <laughs> like just these really depressive things. Right. And so he has what I thought at the time was an altar call. And I'm like, you know what? Like, yeah, I want someone to pray over me. Like I, I'm ready to get right with God. Plot twist, it was a baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes. Literally, I'm telling you, I had no concept. And I also, some of you are more educated in the Holy Spirit before you got filled than I was. I knew nothing, okay? And the Lord filled me, and it was amazing. And I was like, wow, this is not an altar call. But I was so grateful, so grateful. You know, it, it really, I laugh about it now because I'm just like, what was I thinking? Like, I don't know. 
And it was definitely the Lord because Ashley was definitely like, yeah, no, he said it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I didn't pick that up. Um, so why do I share that? I got filled, right? And I, you know, I faced some things understanding the biblical base of it as one does, you know, because I didn't, I didn't know, you know, but the Lord so much greater shares about all this. And that all prepared me for my summer that I had. So the other thing that happened and why meeting Ashley was so important to me is I had, um, my best friend and I had parted <laughs> and we were no longer friends. And she was honestly the only friend I had had all my life because I had had terrible relationships with girls up until her. Just me and girls, we were not great friends. <laughs> we just weren't. And all my friendships always fell apart except for her. So when it did, I was like, man, I've known this girl since I was in eighth grade. And like now I guess like that time of our life is over. And so I'd been like, I guess, softly praying about like just having one more conversation with her and like really trying like one more time. And so when I got back, so I went back to San Antonio that summer because I was freshman, right? And nowhere else to go. I went back with my family and I got plugged into UTSA's Chi Alpha. And I had dinner with my best friend and I'm just telling her everything, everything God did in my life. Like I met Jesus about Ashley, about Chi Alpha and like all this stuff that I'm like, I read a Bible now, like all these things, right? And it was absolutely insane, but the Lord stirred a hunger in her heart for him. And she also had similar perceptions about the Lord that I did. And she was like, she actually had asked me um, after a couple weeks of us hanging out again, we started hanging out like again, normal. And she was like, I really want to go to Chi Alpha with you. Like, that sounds great. Like, it sounds like something different, which was big for her. Because her and I were both like, anytime somebody asks to go to church, we're like, nope. <laughs> um, and so we went. But the thing why I want to share this story and, like, why I think it's important is there are certain people in our life that the Lord shows us the spiritual warfare going on. The Lord shows us the battle for their souls going on. And that was what had happened with my best friend. I could see, I could feel the battle going on, right? Like we saw things, we felt things, like the devil was really fighting for her, right? And little old me, like barely saved a year, just got filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's all I had, but it was enough. And I'm telling you, I didn't even have somebody like telling me how to do these things. When all this stuff started happening and like she started having nightmares and like seeing demons in her house and like on the streets and stuff, like all I knew about spiritual warfare was that it was serious and that it was dangerous. Like that, that was it, that's all I knew. So I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, what do you do? I didn't know about rebuking. I didn't know you could like all these things you could do. All I knew was that I had the Holy Spirit and you could pray. And so I prayed and we prayed. We, I remember one time we sat in her car and we just prayed for him to protect us and to be with us. And he was, he really was. Like there was no magic formula, no magic prayer. Like he was there. And so I share that because a, it ties in spiritual warfare, and it is important, right? Like, our friends, there's guys and girls on campus that this is the reality they're facing. Some of us in this room, there's things that are we're facing too, and it's important that we walk with Jesus and we can help walk each other out of these things, right? And really point each other towards the Lord, right? And help us walk in that. And also, like, low-key wish I would have known about rebuking things. It would have helped me a lot sooner. I did quickly find out about it when I came back to school. Okay, Ashley told me. <laughs> but it's not her fault. Like, it's not like she knew. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, how do you have that conversation? Um, but, you know, like, we can rebuke the devil. We can rebuke these yeah. things. We can denounce them, right, in Jesus' name, right? Yeah. Not by my own strength, but in yeah. Jesus' name. Yeah. And these things, they have to go, right? The darkness trembles. Like, they have to go. Um, and also like in that, like the Lord is, the Holy Spirit is going to be your best teacher. Like he just is, I swear, like most of the stuff I learned was just the Holy Spirit. And then he just confirmed it. Um, so the next bit of that in prayer, right? We got denouncing rebuking. We also got replacing with holy things, right? So when it's like, you know, you got stuff going on in your house or in your life, like we don't just rebuke it. We don't just cast it out. We don't just tell it to go, but we have to replace it with holy things, right? So some of the only things, like I think about on my head, again, it's not conclusive, right? But fear, doubt, hate, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. So we can replace that with love, peace, joy, things that are noble, things that are right, things that are pure, right? Like, again, not exhaustive. And I think for some of these, like the Lord will give you what he wants you to replace it with. Yeah. Sometimes when I don't know, I'm just like, God, we just 
just Holy Spirit, come, you know? And like when it's in my house, I'm like, God, I just, I just want this to be a place where you can dwell. Like just come invade Holy Spirit. Just come be here. I just want you to be here. If I, if I don't know what else to say. And, it, and it's enough. Like um, the Holy Spirit will come. So the next aspect of overcoming is taking thoughts captive. Um, so Arian, you want to read the verse for us? Yes. Oh, sorry, it's in the corner. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So that's Philippians 4.8. So again, got prayer on there, right? Prayer. Pray these things over yourself. Pray these things over your friends. Yes. Pray these things over your family, over people on campus, right? And think on holy things, right? That verse is like literally whatever's right, whatever's true, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, right? Like think on all those things. Think on Jesus, right? So that's like a big part of taking thoughts captive. Another thing is like submitting our thoughts to God, right? Like when you have those ugly, impure, wicked, selfish, fleshly thoughts, submitting it to the Lord. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how biblical it is, but like sometimes I rebuke my own thoughts. I'm just like, I rebuke that. Like, no, I'm not going to think that way. Like, no, I refuse to let that have another second in my mind, you know? Um, again, repentance is huge. We must repent. Even if it's like a small, a small thing, it's big to God, right? Like every time I lie, which I'm trying to lie less, I repent. And I'm like, Lord, like, help me not be that way. Or like when I know that I've made a decision that wasn't holy or godly, I apologize or I repent, you know, I make it right between that person. I make it right with God, you know, like it's important we do these things, you know, like we want to be people that really walk with the Lord. Um, And then the next thing uh, that's really powerful is having scripture memorized. It's amazing the power of knowing a verse like that will help when those things enter. Because I promise you, you're not always going to have time to pull out your Bible or to Google like, huh, something about fear or doubt. You know, like it's good if you have stuff up there to really speak over yourself. Even if it's just like one word, you know, one verse, right? Even if it's just one thing, just speak that over yourself, over your mind, you know? And then there is a verse um, that Paul talks about, about having a renewed mind, right? Like, let's renew our minds. And this is part of how we do that, right? And again, part of walking, not walking in old creation is a renewed mind. I am so grateful. I don't remember most of the sins I've committed. I remember that I've done a sin, but I don't remember what it felt like. I don't remember the bondage. I don't remember some specific details of certain things, right? Like, and that's Jesus. That's a renewed mind. Like, amen. That's a great... Um, and the big thing, like, why is taking thoughts captive so important? My arrows did not work on the slide, so I had to write it out. But it's thoughts lead to actions, lead to habits, lead to our character, leads to our destiny, right? I promise you, if you have a thought, it's going to come out, right? Like, what's in our bucket? When it gets kicked, it's going to come out. So we really want to stop it at the thought, right? I don't want to act on it. And I don't want you guys to act on it. You know, because it's just going to lead into other things. And it's, it's really quite simple. How do we become more godly? We think on godly things. Yeah. How do we become more wicked? We think on wicked things. Right? So let's think on godly things. Um, then the next bit of overcoming is kingdom authority. Okay? Um, in, does somebody, can somebody do Matthew 28, 18? Whoever can flip to that the fastest. Also, does anybody know where that verse is from? Anybody recognize? Yes, it's part of the Great Commission. It's right. It's in the blurb called the Great Commission, but it's the verse right before he gives the Great Commission. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Yes, so all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. And as his sons and daughters, it's been given to us, right? We have all authority of God on our side, right? We walk in that. We don't have to fear that this campus is going to be taken over by the devil because it's already God's. We just have to act like it, you know, truthfully. And so how to, like, breaking down authority, our kingdom authority, right? There's biblical principles, right? I read you Matthew 28, 18. A lot of that just ties into, like, we have to know what the Bible says, right? We have to know what it says about things that are good and evil. We have to know what it says about God and who he is and all these things and walk in it, right? Act like we really believe it and we really proclaim that over ourselves, even when sometimes we don't, right? And David, like, he has a song where he talks about blessing his soul. He's not saying, like, bless my soul. He's like, my soul is in a bad place. Like, bless it, Lord. Come to me. Like, I'm not doing so hot. 
right? Like we need to be people that do that. The next bit is um, morally. And so it's very important that we deal with our sin, okay? And in this instance, I'm really talking about like our big habitual sin. Okay, like if I if you if I say that, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like if you have it or are dealing with it, we gotta deal with that. Okay, we gotta repent, we gotta confess, we gotta bring our brothers and sisters in on the fight with us, whatever you need to do. We need to get rid of that and we need to put it in the pits of hell where it belongs. Okay, like it we don't got time to be doing it anymore, right? And again, we all sin, but it's talking about these big habitual sins that are keeping us bondage. And then when we have our other things of, okay, I'm just selfish, like it's so much easier to repent and to talk about it and to bring the Lord into it, right? And I promise you, you're going to have a harder time in kingdom authority and of walking with the Lord and in spiritual authority if you're not dealing with your sin. It's going to be so much harder. And it's not that we have to be perfect, but if we're willing to spread the kingdom, why are we still living in sin? Okay, like Why? Um, I said we don't have time for it. Truthfully, I'm just like, let's be people that just really walk with God. Like, let's stop playing games, you know? Like, let's stop messing around. Like, those people in our small groups on the campus, like, they need real men and women who walk with God and who say no. Truthfully, we do. Um, And then the next bit of it is spiritually, right? Like, growing closer to God, you know? Like, all the spiritual dimensions of it. Okay, it might have been that staff thing, never mind. But, like, basically, if we're not growing, we're dying, right? Like, if we are not getting closer to the Lord, you're getting further away from the Lord. That's just the reality of it. So let's keep growing closer to the Lord. Let's make praying for people, evangelizing, street preaching, yelling things. Like, let's make it more natural. Because right now, it feels very unnatural for some of us, okay? Let's make it more natural. I mean, like, how, I mean, I'm a person, literally, I've never prayed over someone in my life before I came to college, okay, and before I came to Jesus, and now I don't even think twice, you know, like, it's, like, amen, right, amen, like, it's things like that, like, let's make these spiritual things more natural, right, for us, like, natural for us to do, right, it doesn't feel so foreign, Um, I know Cooper likes to say, let's stretch our spiritual muscles, right, it's true, Just like we have, like, physical muscles, we have to stretch our spiritual muscles. How do you pray for, like, how do you stretch praying for people? You pray for people, right? How do you get better at evangelizing? You evangelize. You know, like, it's just that kind of thing. Um, And then the last bit, I think think we're near the closing. So um, could somebody read this verse for me? It's Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, if you cannot see it. Just anyone. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearfully make known that the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Sorry, it was chunky, but I thought it was good, okay? So this is the Armor of God verse. If you've never heard of it, never seen it, didn't know where it was, it's in Ephesians. Um, And it also was the verse we talked about either, right? We don't battle against flesh and blood, um, but against... Uh, spirits, rules, and principalities, right? And so it breaks down this thing called the armor of God, and it makes it very tangible, right? So I truthfully love the analogy that we are in war as Christians and that we are warriors. I just love the war stuff. Um, I just think it's such a tangible way to view what's really going on spiritually, right? And part of that is Paul is talking about this bit of being a soldier, right? And so we're going to break it down um and obviously like you can spend more time with it as you will this is going to kind of be like a quick run through um but yeah so I have this lovely picture it's actually from my dad's church I just thought it was really cute I really liked it they talked about it several years ago 
Um, I could not find the real graphic because they took the notes off their website. So we be fighting later. No, I'm just kidding. But um, so I had to screenshot this from a sermon. But basically, like, it breaks down um, the armor of God, right? So we have, oh, yes. I say, why is the armor of God important? We live in offense, not defense, okay? That's very important. And I get it. Like, I have lived a lot of spiritual warfare where it just felt like it was like, when is the next shoe going to drop? Like, when is the next thing going to happen? And I'm sick of living that way. And I was sick of living that way. Like, I want to live from victory. Like, God's already won the battle. Why am I like, okay, when's the next bullet going to strike? I really want to be like, all right, like, I got my shield, you know, or like, whatever it is. Like, I don't have to worry. God's already won it. It's nothing, right? So we really need to be more Christ-minded versus enemy-minded and what Jesus is doing, not what the devil is doing, right? And come from a place of victory, not defeat. So our first bit is the belt of truth, right? Um, And um, if we know truth, we will not be disarmed, okay? We know truth is a person. Truth is Jesus. Truth is God, right? And the Bible, like, we have to know what the Bible says about God, right? Who he is, his characteristics, all those things. Obviously, you don't have to be perfect, right? But it's good to know some things about God and to keep learning, right? And to really know, like, what is truth? What does he say truth is? Um, And this beautiful picture talks about... um, I love that it says, like, we have to claim his promises, claim his peace, claim his perfect, pro, and claim his provision, right? Like, that's what truth is. Like, he talks about his peace. He talks about his promises over us. He talks about his provision. So let's claim that, you know? Like, let's walk in that. Um, the next bit is the breastplate of righteousness. Sorry, somebody, like, is texting me now. <laughs> I'm trying to read off my phone. Um, so it says justified. So it's really, like, God makes it so we're just as if we've never sinned, right? Like, that's what it talks about, being covered in the blood, right? Like, our debt is paid for, so we need to walk in that. And um, the breastplate of righteousness also protects us um, from, like, unholy things, right? And it guards our heart, right? If we really, like, know Jesus, it'll protect and clothe us, right? And it'll help us be more righteous, too, you know, be more like God, Um then we have, oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. I was looking for it. Um, it also helps us stay in right contact, right conduct and standing with the Lord. And truly, like, righteousness, like, if it's just as if we've never sinned, then we're forgiven. We're accepted. We're free. We can walk in God's holiness, right? And again, not out of our own strength, but out of the, how God bought us when he died on the cross, right? He bought and paid for our debt. So we need to walk in that, right? Um The next bit of the armor of God is um, the shoes of peace. So if you didn't know, the gospel is often called the gospel of peace. So the gospel is a big part of it, right? Like we need to walk in the gospel, walk in the peace of the Lord, right? Really understand like what it is, you know, and like pray that it be renewed to us. I love that Tim Keller, after every sermon, he always ties it back to the gospel and Jesus. Every sermon, it doesn't matter where he is in the Bible, he always brings it back to Jesus. Because the the gospel is revolutionary. Mm -hmm. It changes things. And it's honestly like, that's how I try to change my small group too. It's like, I try to always bring it back to Jesus, right? Um, And the gospel will propel us. It'll carry us through trials. It gives us power over the ground we stand on and it protects us. That's so awesome. The next bit is the shield of faith. So it helps us reject fear and recall God's faithfulness to rely on him. It also in- extinguishes every fiery arrow from hell, right? And um, the Greek word there is, um, I think it's opa, which is funny because I think of like opa, but it means door. <laughs> I think it's opa. I might have said it wrong, but it means door. Um, and that means that Jesus is the door, right? Jesus is the only way to heaven, right? If we want to get through Father, we have to go through the Son, And the shield reminds us of that, and it helps us walk in that. And then um, we have the helmet of salvation. So here it says, like, you know, remind me daily that I'm yours. It helps us live righteously, right? And remember, like, man, like, just keep praying that the Lord helps you remember what it was like to be saved, you know? And, like, to be, you know, for me, to be a lost person in this world and to give my life to him knowing that he was better, right? Mm -hmm. And all the things that come with that, like a big reminder. And it protects our minds. Our salvation protects our minds. And it also puts our eyes on Jesus, right? Because they have like the little holes. So you can only look at Jesus. 
And then the last biggest one is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is our Bible, right? So we need to use that to fight and we need to study our sword, right? We need to study our Bible. We need to know it back and forth. We need to make sure it is perfect. Well, I mean, it is perfectly crafted. So we need to find out how it got crafted and all those things, right? It's very important that we know these things. Um, and here it says it'll protect us from darkness. It'll proclaim, uh, we can proclaim deliverance. It prevails over uh, death and it helps us prosper daily with the Lord, right? Um, and so the last thing I have is this funny meme. <laughs> this is what walking with Jesus feels like. I think it's hilarious. I have a spiritual warfare playlist on Spotify. This is the image. Because <laughs> that's how I feel, right? <laughs> yeah, right? So, um, and then the last thing I have is, um, I have some resources. So if you're like, okay, Stacia, (laughs) so we got screw tape letters. I see a Lewis. It is an allegory, but he writes it from this perspective of the demonic. So if you are confused when he says the enemy, they're talking about God, just, you know, so you're just not confused. Smith Wigglesworth, literally any of his books ever. Um, my boy, Sean Smith and his wife got a podcast. Keep it 100. So good. The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. It is about offense, but offense is a huge tool of the enemy for spiritual warfare. Um, again, pretty much anything by Spurgeon. He's a great guy. Uh, the Final Quest by Rick Joyner. Um, Matt Marlin told us about this when he was here. It's kind of like a fantasy view of things. The Strategy of Satan by Warren Wearsby. Why Revival Terries by Leonard Ravenhill. Kingdom Authority by E. Scott Martin. We love E. Scott. Scott. Um, Surprised by the Power of Spirit by Jack Deere. Mary actually recommended this book to me in Q, and it was really good. It talks more about the Holy Spirit, walking in it, like walking in him, all the things. And then the last two books by Frank Peretti, they are fiction, so the present darkness and piercing the darkness, but it's a good way to kind of uh, again, like use your imagination to help like visualize some of these harder concepts. So thank you guys for joining. And remember, God has already won the battle. Thank you.